Okay, yeah, you, you gotta be, like, right up on your mic. Hello. Yeah. Microphone two. Yeah, there you go. See? Poverty microphone. And then if you just, like, walk away one. Like, one, two, three. See, it, like, oh goes, it just, it just goes way down. like, love the mic. Yeah. It's now you. Make love to the mic. It's your new best friend. It's my new, yeah. You know what? I'm just going to keep it running because that was funny and I might put that in later. What? <laughs> Listen, we need to be entertaining. Hi, welcome to episode three of Background Noise, podcast by introverts for introverts or anyone else who wants to listen. Um, this episode, we're talking about uh, what kind of jobs you can get or... I don't know. Interesting jobs or new jobs, jobs, odd jobs, odd jobs. That's a good title. Yeah, odd jobs. There you go. This week's episode of Background Noise is brought to you by Me Undies, the number one retailer of underwear online. Uh, they're a great service. They have high quality underwear that they deliver right to your door. Uh, they believe that you should not be suffering through bad underwear experiences. <laughs> you spend most of your life in your underwear. Why not spend some on some quality stuff and enjoy yourself? Uh, they have free shipping to Canada and the US, so go try out the stuff today. It's great. To find these fine products, go to meundies.com. That's meundies, all one word, dot com. Odd jobs. Or, well, okay. <laughs> oh, we're recording. Okay. Oh, we're, yes, we are recording. <laughs> 10 best jobs for introverts. I yeah, see I'm you have... just looking at articles here on Forbes.com, and there's this Good other listicle. Um, top oh. 10 best jobs for introverts. There's a bunch here. The thing is, a lot of social those, media manager. Oh, a lot of those jobs just sound so boring. I know. Like it's like it's like they think introvert means dull person yeah. or like somebody who enjoys being a robot or a computer or something, or just kind of sitting by themselves in an office. And like yeah, sometimes doing... that's good, but you still need people around you, and you still need to, t- to talk to people. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Even if, it, even if it means, you know, here and there talking to people, not just constantly with a crowd. Yeah. You know, because I wouldn't want that. Yeah, that's the but thing. But I also wouldn't want to be alone in a cubicle for eight hours a day. A cubicle? <laughs> a pu- <laughs> cubicle. A pu- cubicle? Wow. Okay, once again, having some strokes on air. That's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, because, okay. Can I have, can I rant at you for a second about sure. jobs? Because, oh man... Do I ever hate applying for jobs? Oh, yeah. I think something has happened in the recent, I don't know, like 10 years or something. I don't Whenever people, whenever companies decided to start using, this is, I've gone low again. Whenever companies decided to start using online applications. Oh, yeah. It's like you upload your resume, which by definition has your work history, has your contacts, has your you know interests. Mm-hmm. Like it should say everything you need to know. And then... You get to this friggin' form that's like, please fill out your entire work history. What did I just upload my resume for? What was the point? Right. And then you gotta, like, play the game of, like, oh, man, what keywords can I put in here so that the hiring algorithm will pick my thing out of the bunch? So, pretty much a computer replaced HR people? Something like that. Like, there's computers at the front end of, like, filtering out people a lot of yeah. times like unless you know someone which is like that's always a thing right you gotta know somebody well okay not everyone knows someone quote unquote and it's like not everyone's that connected or yeah and has... it's like you gotta be connected to be okay well that's that's a rant for the <laughs> later in the podcast we'll get there later yeah but the thing is like how do you get an entry-level job when you're not being evaluated by your qualifications like even if you don't have that much work history which is like that's a whole other thing but if you're just being evaluated by how many keywords you use in your application Mm -hmm. like how are you supposed to know what those keywords are how do you supposed to know what or what context they're in or what an organization is might be looking for and i'm sure different organizations have different preferences have different you know Values or I've never whatever. had a call back from an online application. Sure. I've done like hundreds, and every job I've gotten was always in person. Exactly. So I what, don't trust them. <laughs> what is even the point? Exactly. Like I can't say that I've you know <clears throat> applied for tons and tons of jobs, but the one that I did get, I went down in person. It was like a hiring fair or something. Right. Yeah. I went down and talked to people, and I mean, as much as it was making me quake in my boots, <laughs> it at least allowed you to make an impression. And so when you're trying to get a job, and every like. The companies don't allow you to make that face-to-face impression. They're like, you can't, like, do not call. You can't, uh, I've heard stories of, you know, people who call the hiring offices getting put on a do not hire list because they can't follow instructions. Mm-hmm. 
how how do you make an impression particularly when it's a first-time job exactly i mean and or a first-time job in the field even because um we're getting right into it but i have a lot of very strong feelings about um millennials and the job market i can tell i can tell uh but as do i (laughs) good okay tell me your tell me your strong feelings i've been talking already about millennials getting jobs right now yeah i don't know or you said you said you had strong feelings well yeah the whole me applying in person versus online i've never gotten a call back from any job i've applied for online it just doesn't seem as valid or it just seems sketchy to me and then when i go to a job sometimes they'll tell me they'll reject my resume and just tell me to go to the website so what? yeah like i'll i'll like do my rounds at the mall right hand out resumes and then like more than half of them are online based now so i'll be like are you guys hiring here's my resume and they're like oh no we won't accept that just go online uh-huh. i'm like oh okay probably not but <laughs> yeah like has anyone if this was a call-in show i would say call in right now tell us if you've ever gotten a job from an online application yeah that's like, never i've that? and i've asked other people and it rarely happened i think i only know one person mm-hmm. out of all the people i know and it i don't know it's i don't know and everyone's switching over to that so it has to be valid at one point uh, i think it's just sort of easier on their end because it's, it's all in one database rather than having having to shuffle papers around that's true yeah which is like for I bigger guess- corporations yeah like i applied at starbucks a bunch of times oh man and yeah never got a- any calls from that but it was they're all online just because they're a huge chain yeah yeah but never gotten any calls yeah like my <laughs> boyfriend has been unemployed for six months now like uh. he graduated a, a technical program or whatever mm-hmm. and he's been job searching and just it's like it's nothing there's nothing there um and he just managed to get a job now with his friend's dad's mm-hmm. company kind of thing okay. like it's just like a, a temporary connection kind of thing exactly yeah. and it's like after all this of like throwing stuff at walls that won't stick he yeah. just sort of went to his connection group connection group Jesus Christ. Network. <laughs> thank you <Yeah>. yes <laughs> and all now all of a sudden he's employed again and it's like well how are you supposed to make any inroads if you don't know the person? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Sorry, I'm like munching on my wrap. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. It's it's a lunchtime podcast. True. Uh, listeners, feel free to have your lunch while you're listening. Uh, you're not list- missing anything especially brilliant, I promise you. <laughs> uh, but no, okay, because the thing that really blows my horn, that really gets me about um, the job market as it stands, is every application that you kind of look at is like requires two to three years experience yeah where do you get that experience if they won't hire you like they say it's like a it's like a never-ending like paradox you need a job for experience but you need experience for a job exactly so and the thing is like the kind of jobs that young people are forced to take are public public service customer service customer service retail fast food chain yeah and so you're kind of stuck in a loop because all my experience is just retail, fast food. Exactly. Nothing yeah. really relevant. The only relevant experience I have, I was never paid for it. It was always just volunteer internships and all that. That's another thing. So that's that, yeah. that's like, I guess that's where you can get your foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Well, okay. So we went, I went, so I'm taking a class that's uh, freelance business management. Mm-hmm. Learning to be a freelancer. Yeah. Because uh, that seems to be where the market is going these days, especially with the kind of skills that we're learning. Right. In creative communications, for those of you who don't know, it's a multimedia communications thing. We should have explained that for better in our first podcast, but <laughs> it anyway, it's an intensive program is the, is the point, and it's sort of very well thought of. But um, so in our class, we went on a little tour of this place called Innovation Alley. Mm, yeah, just it's, across the street. Right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. just across the street. It's this like sort of hub of startups and yep, and and entrepreneurs and independent business people and whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, we were talking to one of the guys who was in who was running one of his startups. I don't remember remember exactly what he was doing, but I think it was something to do with online social media, something Vine. So I don't <laughs> I don't I don't think it's like the Vine. I think it's like Vine social media or something. Yeah, whatever. Not the point. The point is that he sort of he was talking to us and he's like, "Oh yeah, I love having you guys as interns and whatever." And it's like, okay, so we spend however many dollars and however many years and however many hours of stress getting this diploma yeah getting this all this experience in school and all we're good for is unpaid labor right to get this quote unquote experience that we've been trying to get like the the job market as it stands as an entry-level person is incredibly frustrating to me because 
it's so hard to place value on your time mm-hmm. if you aren't already in like the system or like the if you aren't already part of the workforce i guess right um like even as a freelancer it's like how do you value your time what do you charge because yeah i was it, applying for some freelance positions and then they're like give us your day rate like i i don't know what how much I would charge. What is a day rate? Because we right? have... And especially have someone who barely has any experience. And it was for videography. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so I kind of like stopped midway and I was like, oh, okay. Like I have all kind of experience. And then they're asking me for a day rate or a pay mm-hmm. rate or what my charge is. And I could not answer that. Like, I, like do they teach that in bi- freelance business management? Because uh, I didn't take the class, so... Boy, I hope they do. We haven't got there yet, but it's yeah, only the well, first... Of course, like that's it's only the, the first few weeks, so True. I can't quite make that judgment yet. But yeah, that's a really hard thing because trying to value value your time like that when you're marketing yourself is really difficult. Because if you ask a company to value your time, they're obviously going to under- undercharge you because that's just business sense, mm-hmm. right? Or they're going to say, "Hey, we'll pay you this much," and it's like, how do you know what's the right amount of right money? Amount, yeah. But if if in the quote unquote working world or like the corporate working world yeah all your skills amount to is an unpaid internship how on earth are you supposed to figure out how much your skills are actually worth so this is just in general for like any job yeah right yeah yeah i mean how do you figure that out (laughs) yeah i think for communications and like the sort of like artsy fartsy whatever it's a little more difficult because i think yeah but i mean you know anyone who does freelance work has run up against this problem i'm sure yeah, you know, tricky. like web de- design, development, coding, and whatever. Graphic and design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big thing. Graphic design. Yeah, because everyone thinks they can do their job, your job, better than you. Right. The client knows everything, and they don't need to hire you or <laughs> something. Kidding. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Well, why'd you hire me? Because <laughs> <laughs> your resume looked good. <laughs> and we're back around to it. Okay. Yeah, so, so, back to the the list here. <laughs> the All I'm seeing are just yeah people kind of by themselves financial clerk <laughs> medical records tr- technician oh my god <laughs> just paperwork stuff jobs for introverts if you guys missed that animal care oh, i don't like people but i like animals i'll work with animals there you go <laughs> yeah i should I, sometimes i feel like i should have gone to vet school or something i was but. thinking about it back when i was really young mm-hmm. um hmm. but then like you gotta be good at science and i was like you know i wasn't terrible at science but as soon as we got to like the higher level <laughs> chemistry stuff, my brain just kind of imploded, and I'm like, nope, this is it. This court is reporter of my knowledge. A court reporter is like the wallflower of the court. Yeah, they're just kind of like sitting there. They they come, they sit, they record, they leave. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the other thing. I have a question though about these kind of jobs. How do you get those jobs? I know they're so. They seem know. really rare. Like when you're looking at job postings, it's always like we need somebody to go yell at people for a living or like. <laughs> You know what I oh, mean? Oh, like the weird jobs. No. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking for jobs in the wrong places. Maybe. But <laughs> it's possible. But I always see social media manager, and it's that's not actually just what you do, though. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of misleading. It's like, yeah, you're going to tweet, and you're going to get paid for tweeting. It's like, if I could get paid for tweeting, like, how, how awesome would that be? <laughs> but no. Um, see, I think I could do that job if I had a better idea of what exactly it entails. It's a lot of marketing. Yeah. It's more like marketing techniques yeah. instead of just tweeting at people every yeah. couple hours. You're probably right. I'm going to take a... Oh, crap. That's what I need to do. Just hand in that thing. Anyway. Write the electives. <laughs> um, anyway. I'm going to... I want to take an internet marketing thing, course. Thing course. Course thing. Because um, that, that really is like the job if you don't want to interact face-to-face. If you're in communications, then you deal with the social media marketing. Yeah, exactly. And... I don't know. I always I always liked social media marketing strategies just because, like, I, I do a lot of it for my band. Mm-hmm. And I, like, manage a Facebook page and the Instagram page. And it's like, I get randoms. And I'm like, whoa, strangers. You know? <laughs> okay. Please tell but, me Like, how, online strangers. Please tell me how this works. Because I need to learn how this works for my IPP. Right. And, like, everything. Like, because my, my thing is, my idea is, like, eventually I'll make a living doing online writing type stuff. Cause, yeah. Like, I've been online for a while. I kind of know how it works. And yeah. Some people kind of don't. And I'm hoping to be able to work from home someday and this kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. 
how 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 does it work? Because I have never actually done this. How please, does it work? Please enlighten me. Um, going back to the last podcast, we're talking about being social media lurkers. Yeah. How, well, how do you, with, how do you with, overcome that? With like marketing my music and stuff, it's it usually starts with my circle of friends, and then I kind of tell them, um, share this, share that, tell your friends about it. So then it becomes it becomes like spread, but limited. Uh-huh. It's only toward people I know, and then and then I start following people that i don't know who are musicians okay so s- people who with similar interests and then i just share it to them mm-hmm. and then on instagram i just followed a crap load of local musicians and they're like oh you're a local musician too so they follow you back it's like you just find similar people okay outside of your social sphere strangers ex- and who have the same goal and then you kind of interact with them okay yeah so kind of like be like hey i do this thing I see that you also do this thing. Yeah. Let us become colleagues. Okay. Yeah. All right. I should do that then. Hmm. Find a bunch hmm. of local unknown right. authors. Auth- yeah, yeah, exactly. There's like probably like a community somewhere online. I'm sure there a is. A forum. Like, I need to go like. And there's a lot of like I'm seeing there. now like Facebook groups. There's yeah. a group for Winnipeg musicians and there's like 2,000 members. Oh. There's a group for uh, the Winnipeg hip hop dancers and I joined it for my IPP. Right. There's 2,000 members there too and oh. they could just post it's like a bulletin board for the community it's very niche and it's just on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. So like they post like events and like Yeah events advertisements <laughs> so it's interesting. Okay. Alright very good. Yeah. All this online stuff yeah. I mean you know the ideal would be that I could get my button gear and write this book properly and make yep. that make that a living you know like I think, that's you know, the dream once you re- write your first thing it's you kind of have a process down and you can write the second thing a little easier and whatever but i don't know i don't know i think i'm better as a reader than a writer as a I, reader i think i just want to huh. sit there and read things i have like, like such an impatience for reading oh my god my eyes will just fly everywhere and it takes me forever just to get through a page without <laughs> getting distracted by by nothing yeah <laughs> i mean it, de- it really depends what i'm reading uh, and I think as I've gotten older and read more, I'm a lot more critical. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'll sit there and read, like, a chapter or two of what I'm reading. And if it doesn't pull me in or if I am I keep noticing, like, these weird, like, authorial tics or mm-hmm. just, like, it's poor dialogue or whatever, I'll just chuck the book across the room and just be like, nope, we're not doing this yep, today. Bye. <laughs> Don't have the patience. <laughs> but if it's, like, something I have to read or or something I really enjoy, I can just I, – I I tear through, you know, 300-page hard – or paperbacks in a day wow like sit down and just i used to do that forget <laughs> forget forget everything else and it's just sort of like fall into the books and it's it's, it's great but man i don't have time to do that anymore i know like, what is the deal my, what are my hobbies now i don't even know uh, <laughs> homework and crying homework and crying <laughs> in the corner listen it's a thing it's a uh, thing. that we need to talk about that's another that's another episode right there mental health <laughs> <laughs> bingo manager Bingo manager? Okay, like, I'm looking... <laughs> 11 odd jobs with high with salaries. With high salaries, because there's always... Bingo manager. There's so many lists online where it's like, how can I get a, a high-paying job <laughs> as this with this path? Because, right. like, some paths pay more than others, but that's not really, like, what I'm concerned. But, you know, there's so many lists out there. It's like, if I don't like working with people, how can I pay, get paid a lot? And the number one job that pops into my mind is technology, computer science people. Yeah. People working at Google, they're just kind of developing stuff. Mm-hmm and then they get paid crap loads so yeah. <laughs> yeah how do you get a job at google that's what i'd like to know my sister's trying oh yeah like that's her like tr- her like number one dream is to work at google or amazon or whatever and oh don't work at amazon, amazon yeah, don't google. work i was like don't work for amazon they're terrible they are terrible google, google google for the win <laughs> or, um, <laughs> here at background noise we do not endorse anything that amazon does <laughs> i just bought something from amazon yesterday yeah so, <laughs> kind of contradicting myself i know i bought something too i had to buy a it's new great. laptop cord yeah i had to like... buy i had to buy a case for my laptop yeah it's great yeah, i saw you looking at them what did you yeah. find? oh yeah did you like got one of the hardback ones yep yep because mine's all scratched up now cool a year later <laughs> <laughs> yeah i prefer like the soft cover cases like it means i have to pull it in and out all the time but then it's like i can just i don't know i don't like the color yeah, I like I like the sleek silverness. Yeah, although I do have a very attractive, attractive. Uh, solar system Shout sticker out to Apple on my on the back of my. <laughs> We're just like endorsing all these. Well, products. okay, it's required for school, but I have okay. Dirty secret: I definitely have two MacBooks. You have two but MacBooks. I have like two because when the I started, the other one wasn't like didn't meet the specs. Yeah, when I started university four years ago now, I guess because I've 
been on a magical post-secondary adventure here. Um, I just got a MacBook Air. Oh. And uh, and it became sort of like university wasn't that intensive for me, so it just became kind of like a going on Twitter machine and like you know whatever dumb photos I would find on the internet and like you know like you know how computers get that way and it just kind of gets bogged down in all your crap. Yeah. And then now it's my old laptop from. And now four years later, it like barely runs and <laughs> it's so full of crap. I think there's a virus in the browser. It's like, <laughs> all right, well, I mean, it still works. I still use it at home because it's got all like my bookmarks and stuff and like stuff I like to read and whatever, but convenient. I need, it doesn't have nearly the kind of power you need to like do video or audio or whatever. Right. So, so it's just kind of collecting dust right now. Yeah. Well, no, I, I use it at home. It's my like, so it's your like, it's my non work computer. alternate laptop. Nice. This is my work computer. That's my play computer. It has a, uh, a Lord of the Rings thing around the. Ooh. It's got like the the script from the One Ring. Nice. It's kind of appealing, but it looks really good. I think it looks good. Cool. Anyways, computer jobs. Computer like I said, jobs. this last episode, if I was good at math, I would go into computer science because it, it is it is an introvert job. Mm-hmm. You do get paid a lot, and it looks fun, and it's. You are. I don't know. It's just cool. <laughs> you become like an expert in your field, and it's a very important field. Yeah. Um, people who can work computers are becoming more and more important. Right. Um, and a lot of jobs are being replaced by computers, so to have that, you need people who know how to program those. Exactly. That's why people are getting so there mad. They're like, you're taking my job. Your <laughs> robot is replacing my job. I just lost my job to a robot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. And then the person behind the robot is the introvert sitting at their computer screen <laughs> coding. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That, that would be my yeah if i could do math or words i or was numbers. never good at math that's like all the creecoms it's just like <laughs> how do we it's math? not a math yeah yeah, yeah it's everyone yeah. who couldn't do math <laughs> if we're talking about interesting jobs though jobs though I'm, I'm kind of interested in the people that have created an online brand for themselves yeah and are just like i watch a bunch of youtubers who do YouTube for a living. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, Wouldn't people who podcast for a living. People who... Make know, videos. Uh, yeah. Like, people who are creative online and earn enough to live off of. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you need to, like, create a, a following for that. And, you know... Do you think it's, like, a luck chance kind of thing? Like Definitely. You, you can make a video. You can never make a viral video. You know, like an ad, you can't just say, I'm going to make a viral video and it's going to yeah. go viral. Yeah. Because no, it's like luck chance. That's not how that works at all. I think... So how do those YouTubers get billions of views? Oh, uh, I don't know. It's... Yeah, some of it is the content. Some of it is the personality. And some of it is just sheer blind luck. Yeah. You know? It's like a mix of all that. If I think about the people that I watch, they have actually been on YouTube for quite a while. Yeah. Since YouTube started, like, you know, 2009, 2010, yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, and they've grown from there. But I think somebody entering the field today, yeah, it's a whole other world. Because, you know, back then, I mean, I was kind of there for the beginning of it, like in grade 10 or whatever. Right. Um, I was on YouTube and watching all these people when they're, you know, relatively smaller. And it was, you know, not very many people were on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It was just sort of this group of video bloggers and content creators and whatever. And they all kind of knew each other. And it was kind of a, a community in that it sense. It was, and yeah. You, cross promote and you know they'd appear in each other's videos exactly yeah, but and now there's so many and yeah as it becomes and then more people mainstream. learn how to make it look good people buy expensive gear and mm. all the cameras so it looks well produced and then for some reason they get millions of views yeah although i have to say i don't think that the equipment is as important that's true but it does entice you to click on it more if it looks more professionally produced as if it's like webcam quality well, I don't okay. know. What, what entices you to click on a video? Well, the title? Okay. Yeah, webcam quality, yeah. I mean, what I'm <laughs> looking for is the content. The content, yeah. That's is it good important. content and is it delivered in an entertaining way? I mean, if it looks like it was filmed on a potato, I'm probably not <laughs> going to watch the whole thing. Potato. But, I mean, if it's still funny, maybe I will watch it. Yeah, you know? some of the best videos are, like, ironically, they they shoot it on a crappy camera. Yeah. it's like make the, it funny. It's, it's like the Instagram phenomenon right yeah yeah you know it's sort of um uh, uh, uh intentional degradation of the quality right to achieve a certain aesthetic yep yep oh aesthetic man i just sounded like a friggin' university paper right there <laughs> this is the kind of crap that comes out of my mouth like i'm not trying this is the kind of crap that happens this is the thing that happens like okay short short side rant here 
I want to talk about are uh, instructors that always try to say, write how you would speak. And I'm like, and I would write out a thing that I would actually say. And they're like, nobody talks like this. And I'm like, I respect- But I talk like that. I respectfully disagree. <laughs> are you making fun of my speech patterns? Yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, like, I read too much. That's probably it. It does kind of bleed into your brain, whatever you read. Yeah. Or the stuff you watch or the people you hang out with. Absolutely. It does, yeah, shape you. So, yeah. For me, I, I talk very casually. But since I went to university- I like talk to my old friends. Why are you using such big words? Like, they're not big words. I just that's been yeah. reading too much textbooks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's definitely yeah. Well, how you grew up too. Like my parents are always, I don't know. They're like the smart types. Like, oh yeah. My mom's a lawyer. My dad's an accountant. Oh wow. They're yeah. like I'm. I come from true nerd stuff. True nerds. <laughs> nerd <laughs> life chose me. <laughs> yeah, I, I had no chance. Um. So anyway, yeah. But anyway, end sidebar. Um. Back to the YouTube things. Having, I would love to have a job just making YouTube videos. Yeah. Isn't that the dream? Yeah, no kidding. Because it's like, okay. Like, I mean, this is what I'm talking about with this podcast, actually. Um, we're going to get meta for a second here. <laughs> but I think having the sort of homegrown quality to it, like not being super professional sounding and not sounding like something you'd hear on the radio. Like right. you have like the produced bits and you have audio clips and da 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 <laughs> our instructor's gonna be listening to this and he's gonna hear me say this but i don't think that that's what makes a good production at the end of the day i want to hear interesting content it's the content yeah for sure i mean bells and whistles are nice and if you you know if you want to judge a production that way that's fine but for me and i think for a lot of viewers it's at the end of the day is your content interesting mm -hmm. is your content entertaining if it's not you're not going to get any views and if it is then you are right and i think production values Production values... It, it, it adds to it. It's like decoration. Yeah. It's like... It's kind of nice, like, sprinkles on top, but it's yeah. not... It's not the core of the thing. And it's not necessary, but... Yeah. I don't know. I, I like to spice my productions up a bit. Well, yeah. I mean, you're good at it. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, but I, that's what really draws me to the internet, actually, is that homegrown quality. Right. And the fact that, you know, anyone can put anything up and it could be as popular as, you know, something you'd see on TV or something you'd hear on the actual radio. Mm-hmm people who get paid to do that stuff and it's uh, so technically it's, yeah. everyone could get a job in media no you know? no not, everyone. <laughs> well, not, not, not like that but like let's say because you ever see those kids on youtube who who start out making youtube videos at 16 and then yeah people stumble like they're not trained yeah. in media they're yeah. 16 and then now they're they're like making a living they're like probably 20 something now and they're making a living off youtube videos from a video they made when they were 16 exactly. that went viral yeah. so it's like it, it really is luck chance like mm -hmm. it's crazy yeah yeah it is a lot of chance but um yeah that's but i'm not saying not everyone could work in media but there's always like a chance that you will become everyone has know, the potential the potential yeah as long as you're you know reasonably interesting and <laughs> Watch this. We're saying I'm saying all this, and our podcast is going to get this no views. So I'm boring. Gonna be, I'm oh. going to be. Uh, I'm just going to be very sad for the rest of my life. But. <laughs> oh man. Oh, it's so meta. Da, 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 da. Yeah. What are we getting at here? Oh, I don't know. Jobs <laughs> and stuff. Oh, jobs. I just because okay. I think the internet is like drastically changing the job market. Yep. Um and it's creating jobs. Yeah, in a Where different... Where there were never before, even five years ago. In a different way than quote-unquote traditional capitalism mm -hmm. works, I guess. Um, although, the the sort of default thing on the, on the internet is to make your money with advertising. Mm -hmm. But actually, um, there are a lot of people who are kind of stepping back from advertisers because then you're still kind of beholden to... Your, your your clients right whoever you're advertising with or whatever they're stepping back from that and they're going to like direct subscription models so like they have like a patreon page or a subable page those are like well anyway they're basically websites that allow content creators to um put their stuff out there and then people who if you people want to support them they can do so directly it's it's like a they take out the middleman of paying for content basically. Oh, okay. So instead of like using iTunes as an intermediary, for example, you can and you, just and you're paying it just goes iTunes, directly to you. It's just going directly from oh. content consumer to content creator. Right. Oh. And I think that's a really interesting. It is interesting because then thing. 
like you're basically your own platform. Exactly. You're yeah. your own platform. I mean, I think um, the, you know, Patreon or whatever takes like a little cut, but it's not like this whole loops of, you know, iTunes or like music industry or, you know, television industry or whatever. There, there aren't all these hoops to jump through. Right. It's just, you know, from creator to viewer or listener or, well, consumer anyway. Hmm. Um, and I really want that kind of, yeah, so I feel like I'm monologuing here, but I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to keep going for a little bit. Yeah, because I'm just I like, think I'm just like, you're, you're just, you have so much to say. Go, <laughs> go. Is, this is the kind of stuff that I think about. Just ramble um, on. Because that kind of thing is like, um, I think, I don't know if that kind of model is actually going to take off in the future because it makes it so that the consumer is directly responsible for supporting the um, creator. And they're not used to that. They're used to having an intermediary to sort of like take value from their views and sell it as advertising. Like in the current model with the advertising, what it is is people who consume content are, they're sort of the value that's leveraged against the money that the creators charge to advertisers. Mm -hmm. So if a podcast has X number of listeners per week, uh, the creator can go to the advertiser and say, hey, I have this many many people listening to me every week. You should pay me this amount of money to advertise for you. And the advertisers see value in that because they can reach X amount of n number of people. Mm. They know they're going to reach that. So in that way, the money is kind of um, leveraged away from the consumer. Like right. the consumer doesn't really see any of that money. They're just kind of, they act as the value yep. rather than having to put their money up. But with this kind of direct um, supporting model, with when you get rid of the advertisers, all of a sudden the monetary the value, burden yeah. is placed on the consumer. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, because we're so used to having stuff on the internet be free. Exactly. You know? Like, paying for stuff on the internet still seems a bit bizarre. Unless you're getting something, unless you're ordering something from Amazon. Yep. Like, you know, like, would you, would you pay to, like, watch YouTube videos, for example? No. Why not? Hmm, that's a good question. I don't know. I feel like internet, like paying per web page, it's that's kind of ridiculous too. Or like paying for Facebook. Yeah. So like, yeah, because we're so used to having the internet be free, it's kind of still a bit of a wild west as a as a medium, I guess. Um, not as much anymore. Like it's becoming more and more quote unquote colonized, I guess. Yeah. But it you know it started out as sort of a free. Uh, it's medium. free it's free but it's not free because obviously you're paying for internet like you yeah know, cable package but the, then like you get unlimited internet for that day yeah or for whatever weeks you have to go on the internet but you pay like every month like a flat rate yeah but if you're paying like per web page you know yeah like, well that's, that's crazy that's the whole thing of like internet access i'm not yeah. talking about the actual like power that goes or the internet service providers but the access yeah, that's like the whole thing pages. but like the actual content on the web pages right right um, like the creative fees, like, you know, yeah. like TV guardians get paid, right? Yeah. And like you, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but if you want an internet without advertising, you have to support it yourself. And like having that disconnect has made people so comfortable with not paying that suddenly the idea of paying for content seems incredibly bizarre. And I'm like that too. Like I have all these people that I follow and I like their stuff mm -hmm. and they have Patreon pages and I'm like, ah, no, like, come on. No. I mean, part of it's cause I'm an unemployed student and I don't have enough money to feed myself, <laughs> let alone anyone else. But just the idea of paying for content directly seems incredibly bizarre. And I think if, uh, like, I mean, those kind of supporting platforms are getting bigger. They are. Yeah. Um, and I want them to become bigger cause I think it's a great way to sort of maybe recapture a little bit of the organic nature of the internet rather than mm -hmm. having Back. corporations like Facebook and Google and Amazon sort of and become... And they like buying everything on the internet. The giant conglomerates. And yeah. then they're, it's what they They're all going to merge one day. Watch, just take oh, over dear the God. world. Like, like tremble <laughs> in fear, people. Like that, that is like the death of the internet right there. The death of the internet when Amazon, Google, Apple, <laughs> Microsoft, you know, they all like, merge. <laughs> you have varieties of internet life, apocalypse. Right? Yeah, exactly. And you have to have competition to have an interesting market. If there's just one... Uh, monopoly, then you're totally effed. You're totally fucked. Like, you're just 
competition goes out the window and mm-hmm. then it's just what they say goes and then it's like a completely linear relationship where you have none of the power anyway um the point is i would like that kind of um that kind of job uh that well that kind of job would be great because if you like if you're thinking about it from a consumer standpoint it's a little bizarre but if you think about it from a producer standpoint yeah like a content creator yeah it's great all of a sudden it seems really really attractive mm-hmm. because then you can just be directly paid for what you're doing by people who want to see it mm-hmm and that way you can have like instant feedback from your audience and sort of you can create that kind of relationship and it's a lot more organic than uh something corporatized i guess yeah you know? so everyone is getting fed with something they don't want to get fed with yeah kind of thing so you could literally choose what you absorb instead of no i don't think even that like you you still get everything shoved in your face well, on a daily that's not really a bad thing cause that's how you discover new stuff exactly like trying to close yourself off. you don't want to be in a bubble too. yeah which I feel like I am in sometimes. Yeah, and it's hard to break out of that bubble. True. So I think it's, yeah. And that's the thing, too. It's like, if you want to get out there, then you need to sort of be beholden to whatever platform you're be using well to get rounded. out there. <laughs> yeah. Would you, would you ever use a Patreon page for your band? Mm. If you got big enough to, like, worry about that kind of thing. I yeah. Say. Yeah. You know? I think I would. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. Like, I haven't, like, sold my music yet. Mm. It's, it's like, at that point when, like, you just want people to listen to it. It doesn't matter if, you know, you're getting paid or not. Because, like, I only really started getting paid for gigs recently. Yeah. Just because the first couple of shows we played, it was just us just volunteering our time. Mm. And we would only be on stage for, like, a couple songs. Yeah. And then now we're playing two-hour sets and we're getting paid. Oh, nice. So that's pretty nice. Like, you, you just, go. you start somewhere. But at first, like, as a content creator you just want people to see your work yeah so you gotta like start from the bottom it's also it's the same as like volunteering you gotta to get paid for something relevant you have to start unpaid yeah most of the time unless you've got connections but we real literally have no connections and all the connections we've made are from volunteering our free time so it was, it's nice when you you log on because i use soundcloud to just upload songs and you log on and you see like oh 10 people downloaded my song today cool and it's like I didn't make any money from it, from it, but as long as, you know, they know who I am. So then when I start, you know, trying to sell my music, people who download our stuff regularly will be like, yeah, I'll support them. Yeah. So it's nice. And that's the thing. It's kind of like a transition between a hobby and a full-time job. It is, yeah. Because, I mean, you're not, that's not what you. That's not my job. That's not oh. what you depend on to make money. Yeah, right? exactly. It's, it's like always a, a side, it's a side thing. It's like made a little extra cash during the summer, you know, here and there. And then I had a main job. But yeah, like that, that's a nice job to have on the side, mm-hmm. especially since it's fun. <laughs> but it's yeah, and you know, that's really good to have as a side thing, but then it's like, and then what I'm are you going to do for your actual job? Exactly, right? Why yeah. are you beholden? And then, you know, you're back into the customer service yeah. hellhole. I'm good at like, you know, wait, you know, you hear all these stories about people who are waitressing and then on the side they're just auditioning for movies or they're trying to sell their records but you know it's really hard Mm -hmm. as an artist to make money so usually you have your retail job and then on the side you're kind of like the struggling artist kind of thing yeah yeah and that's the thing so i would never see myself as a struggling artist because that's not my career trajectory yeah so yeah it's just fun yeah and that's great too like having a hobby like that like that's you're so well-rounded as a person. Like, <laughs> I actually admire you like a lot. Of, admire that a lot about you because I, I would never hobbies. like describe myself as well-rounded. I just like I'm. I have a lot of creative hobbies. Well, that's well-rounded. That's like yeah. you're doing things of your own volition. I guess so. I don't know. That's amazing. I think well-rounded is if, like someone who's an amazing soccer player who also plays the trumpet, who also, <laughs> you know, those, those people. Those people. I hate those people. Those people only exist in high school. Yeah. Where do they end up? <laughs> like okay, but like okay. That's funny. Um. Not that they don't end up anywhere, because like, they're, they're just they're like very skilled, that's the like, well-rounded people I would like admire, because they're like you do music and sports and you write and you do this, and they just do everything from every aspect of life. Oh my god! Otherwise, me, I'm just kind of like I like stick sticking with my music and doing musical things. If you told me to, you know, try a sport, I would shrivel over and fall. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just I'm not athletic. Well, not everyone's Leonardo. Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah, exactly. And even like he wasn't athletic, was he? No. So why do we? I, I mean, I know. wouldn't know, but like, okay. I doubt yeah. all. You I know. knew Leonardo da Vinci personally, yeah. and uh, <laughs> he told me that he was not I athletic have him at all. On speed dial. Yeah, um, let me just ring him up here. He's gonna tell you about all the times he didn't play <laughs> from, from the grave, bocce ball, or whatever. <laughs> what did he play in the 14th century? No when idea. When did he live? 
I don't know. <laughs> what <laughs> I'm not is, a history major? What is history? Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of employers do like you being well-rounded. Like, it's weird because do you ever put your hobbies on your resume? Because, like, in high school, they had us make resumes, and it's like there was a section at the way bottom. It was really tiny, but just, like, hobbies. Yeah. It's like, do employers care what you do? Um, It's like, unless you – I think it's more important when you don't have much of a work history. Like, my boyfriend was thinking about this when he was trying to get jobs and stuff. That's interesting. Like, he has, like, some work history, but it's not really in the field that he wants to get into. So he, he used – uh, he got advi- advice actually from somebody in the industry. He said, "The hobbies is actually pretty important because it lets oh. them know what kind of person you are, yeah, and what kind of skills." But like, I could easily put, "I like fencing and I also like horseback riding," and like, how would they know, <laughs> right? As <laughs> if, like, if you put, "You're a good communicator and a team player," they can find that out. Yeah, you know, well, uh, when you're on the job, they could probably ask you during the interview. And if you said, like, you know, "I like to fence with a post and some white paint," like they would probably figure out that you weren't actually a fencer. You yeah, know? like yeah. if you can speak authoritatively on something, then it's right. pretty obvious that you're into it. But um, uh, my this the person who was talking to us was saying that um, in like mechanical trades and stuff, they look for, for people who like play video games mm. because they have the fine motor skills. Interesting. You know, like you can they can. Uh, if you're working with you know hundred thousand dollar parts, you have to know that your ability to work with your hands is such that you can use those parts and not cost the company however much that stuff costs. You know, it's so weird how it relates to that. I know, like I didn't even think of that, but then um, in that context, it makes a lot of sense. It right? does, yeah. So, like for example, I mean, somebody if you're looking for a writer who says their hobby is you know doing a lot of reading, reading, and, you might yeah. be interested in that person mm-hmm. because. They clearly consume what they're, you what know, they're looking for. They're knowledgeable about the area. Yeah. What, what doing here? So, like, it's not the the most important thing on your resume, but it's still yeah, not something to like, ignore. I started cutting that out after I started getting work experience and volunteer mm-hmm. experience, and I'm like, well, they don't really care what I do, but you know, they could. Yeah. Yeah. And I th- I think it makes, I mean, we were talking about this before, but like, it makes you seem more human, especially if you are. Doing that online. Yeah, resumes make you look so robotic. Like if you're doing that online application process, there's no way to make that impact in person. In person. Yeah. So you basically have to use that section as your like human human element. Inter- human yeah. element. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Anyways, do you have any like bad interview stories? Um, I've only got had one interview in my entire life. Oh, okay. And I got the job. Yeah. I've had a few. Okay, please. <laughs> um, I've had a couple of group interviews. Oh my god. And like as a shy person. Oh you goodness. always try and make sure you get your point across in the least words possible just because you want to come off as clear, mm. concise, and, you know, they don't have time to listen to you ramble. Mm-hmm. But everyone else in the group was so talkative, and Ugh. I'm like, I did not get the job. Like, ha- like hands down, I was like, nope, they got hired, not me. But I was, like, trying to state my words clearly. I don't really like talking with a group, so I just kind of said the answers in a sentence mm-hmm. while the guy next to me was, like, 10 sentences oh my god and he like told his life story and like the person interviewing was like yeah okay cool cool and then yeah i didn't get the call back but it was like (laughs) those are interesting those group interviews and then there's the whole i applied at a a store in the mall and they were hiring loads and loads of people just because it just opened up and the interview was literally like a minute like you come in and there's a line you come in they ask you Two questions and then you're out. What were they? What were the questions? Um, it was like, why do you want to work here? What makes you suitable for a retail job? And I don't know. It was just the, the typical interview questions. It was just not many of them. There was just like two questions. That's bizarre. And then I think it was like a pre-interview. So then oh, okay. whoever did good on those, it's like you move on to the next round, oh which is gosh. like more questions. And I'm like, oh, I hate interviews. That's I don't interview worst. very well. Well, no, because when you're when you live in your head so much, I mean, I have this problem all the time. When I'm trying to speak in class, I will, like, I know what I want to say, and then I get my turn to talk, and my brain, like, falls into a black hole <laughs> or an abyss or something, and there is nothing. I have no idea what I'm going to say, and I just kind of stutter, and, like, I try to get my words out. Like, it's happening right now. Like, I'm just kind of blank. And I'm like, no, I'm so brilliant. I need you to understand. <laughs> brain, and, cooperate with my like, mouth. I literally think there's something wrong with, like, my brain-to-mouth, like, passageway. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But, like, when I'm sitting down to write, I don't have any problem getting my points across. Exactly. Like, yeah, my, that's my, why my, I'd rather convey my thoughts in blog hmm. entries or songs or stuff like that. 
Like my brain Essays. to hands is yeah. totally fine. Yeah. It's totally like coherent and like I'm a human being and a person. But my mouth is just the like the wiring <laughs> it's faulty. Like I think <laughs> I think my mouth is like there's something wrong with it. So how did your first interview go then? If you could remember. My only my, well, your my first one and only, only. Interview. Yeah. Okay, well. So my work history is not very long or very storied. Uh, from the time I was about twelve to about sixteen, uh, my like my dad worked at this in this small. Well, he's going to retire this winter, actually, which is kind of terrifying. But um, he works in this small like um, accounting firm. It's just one building, you know. Everyone kind of knows each other, whatever. Uh, and they needed a janitor. So me and my me and my brother, from the time we were <laughs> twelve to like sixteen, like yeah. our high school, we went in once every two weeks and. Cleaned out the office, and that was our that was our that pocket was money. Job. That was my pocket money. I was a janitor for my <laughs> first job, which is like, I mean, you don't really learn interpersonal skills because you go in there on a Sunday and it's empty, and you just yeah, you just clean clean toilets, vacuum, whatever, call it a day. Although during tax season, like they were there all the time, oh, okay. so like you go in on Sunday and everyone's at their desk, and I'm like, can I can I get under your desk? <laughs> Excuse the, me, no? sir. Can I get your garb? Can I, no. <laughs> is there somebody in the bathroom? Oh, dear God. Yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting, but that was like the extent of my like work experience. Right. So, uh, yeah, the summer after high school rolls around and my mom's like, you need a job. And I'm like, I don't agree. And she's like, get a job. Get a job. All right, then. Uh, so I saw this, I saw that Cinnabon Park was having a hiring fair mm. and it was one of those things where you go in, you have a resume, you go in. And you fill out a little application, and they, they interview you right there. Yeah. So there isn't really a screening process. So, well, there is. Well, the interview is a screening process, basically. Um, so I don't really remember what happened, because it's one of those things where you just have so much stress going through your veins, mm -hmm. and then afterwards you just completely forget what happened. It's like, I, I call it something, it's like nerves amnesia, where you're so worked up about something, it happens, and then you can't remember what happened. Yeah. I get that all the time yeah. after sh after a show. Like, mm -hmm. My first gig ever was probably my biggest gig ever. Mm -hmm. And it was like a community fundraiser. And there was like hundreds and hundreds of people going. And we were on this really elevated stage, which I am not comfortable on. And I just did the show, did the songs. And then after that, walked off stage and I couldn't remember what I did. And I know I think I did a good job because people were clapping, but <laughs> I could not remember anything. Yeah. No, it's like the, it's like the adrenaline gets going. Adrenaline and probably. And you just, like your brain kind of shuts off mm -hmm. or part of your brain shuts off. And mm -hmm. afterwards Which, you can't remember what the, the hell The memory part of your brain. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so I have. Did you I, interview? You just can't remember anything. I like, she asked me why I wanted to work there. And I think I said something in response. And I'm like, I, something to the effect of I need a job. And she was like, okay. Um, yeah, I, I really don't know how, why they hired me, but I <laughs> think I managed to impress them enough that I got the job and, yeah, and like, I make a much better impression, like on the job, on the job instead like, of the interview. Yeah. I don't, I'm a responsible person. I don't like smoke weed or whatever. Like <laughs> I, can, I slack I do, off. I do the job. I don't slack off yeah. and it's fine. And you know, I managed to, you know, make shift leader and whatever else nice. and you know, that worked fine. But, yeah. um, like I really don't that's the problem it's like I don't know how I come off mm -hmm. as a first impression you mm -hmm. know what I mean same here okay I'm gonna ask you a really personal question okay do you remember your first impression of me hmm because I'm really curious I remember it was our magazine group okay that's when I like met you first and okay. that's when you met me first so oh, yeah, I, guess it was. I think my first impression of you was just probably the same as everyone else in my group because we were all kind of just talking at once so I yeah. didn't, it never came across to me as someone who's just like introverted and prefers to keep to themselves it was just like oh this person wants really into our magazine topic which was fantasy and gaming so that was really cool and I thought that was neat because then you had like the voice for our group and it was like you were like the more expertise on it and I didn't know anything about it so I just like go to you and ask stuff <laughs> so that was my first impression I was, I was like, a subject cool. expert a cool nerd oh, right yeah <laughs> no okay I, rem I remember Okay, once again, having an issue. But um, our first, like, magazine group meeting was in that room upstairs. It was the breakout room. Class. Yeah. And we were just all kind of sitting there as strangers. And, yeah. like, you guys wanted to do a dance magazine. Yeah, yeah. I think David wanted to do a hip-hop thing. And I'm just sitting there like, I don't... What it? What is a dance? What is a How do you <laughs> dance? <laughs> I'm like, please don't do this. Please don't do this. So, yeah. I, I'm trying to think what my first impression was of you. Yeah. Because it's kind of hard to get a first impression when you're just thrown into this setting where you have to work, work, yeah. work, work. Yeah. 
Yeah, you kind of have to get to know each other really quickly. Um, yeah, like, I think my first impression of you was based on the fact, like, you said you like to do dance and hip-hop, and mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, you're kind of a musical-ish person who likes to do design, and, mm-hmm. you know. Maybe... Right, because I was like, I'll be layout editor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, were that, that, you were that person. Yeah. I'm like, you know, a little quieter, but nice and, mm-hmm. you know. Cool. <laughs> like a bit of a kindred spirit, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, it was this whole thing, and, like, because, yeah, we had what our, like, executive, not executive, editor um sam yeah what's what, what was she copy it no uh editor-in-chief yeah there yeah. you go <laughs> editor-in-chief she's yeah <laughs> she's yeah and she's in charge of the newspaper now she's a very driven journalistic type person mm-hmm. and i just didn't want to disappoint I think her. we all like went into different majors too yeah except for ad no one went into ad in our group no yeah it was two journalism one pr and two media pro yep. yeah yeah interesting oh. i mean i liked our group but it's just like Bunch of very different personalities. It was different, but it worked. I think we didn't want to kill each other by the end. Yeah. Like some groups did. I, yeah, I think we were actually very lucky in that. Yeah. Um, that If I could work, like, in a job with in that kind of environment where it's, like, a collaborative thing, but everyone gets along even though we're all different, mm-hmm. like, I would want a job like that. Yeah. Like, the mutual respect was a big deal. Yeah, and for sure. Like, we the knew deadlines. how to be adults. Yeah. Yeah. I was really worried that everyone would be get mad at me because I like I wasn't great at deadlines and I was just having like these stress issues right. and whatever else. I think everyone was, so it was it was yeah. a lot more like understanding that way. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like I don't know. Yeah, it'd be inter- it'd be interesting because I did look at a lot of ad jobs, which which involved you being in a room and just thinking of ideas in a team. Mm-hmm. But I always have these like visualizations of me in a in a meeting room and everyone's coming up with ideas and I'm just like not talking. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That, that's why I'm like, what if I get a job like that and I just like can't say anything? Yeah, like sorry, Janine, we're gonna have to let you go. You just <laughs> like your lack I of just, ideas. It's like I feel like none of your ideas are good, right? Yeah, like, that's why look- I don't speak up in class unless yeah. I'm forced to because mm-hmm. I don't think I have anything to say. Mm-hmm. And like the teacher calls on you and you're like, uh, your mind just blank. Like, I'm like, I'm listening. I'm paying attention to what you're. I'm hearing what you're saying, but man, there's nothing original <laughs> going on in here. My, my brain's just like. Mm. I'm thinking about when I can go home and play video games. <laughs> oh, you, you. We're back on that again. Okay, seriously. It's always gonna, about video games. We're going to have a video game podcast, and it's going to be... It's be great. It's going to be, once again, another one of me just talking. I'll take the music one. You could take the game yeah, one. Yeah, okay. Next week, we'll do the music one, because I've awesome. talked entirely too much on this one. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Well, it depends on, like, who has the expertise. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay, next time, we'll do the music one. Sure. We'll, we'll talk about music. Next time on, uh, on our podcast. Next time on uh, Background Noise, we're going to actually talk about some music. Should we bring in some clips? Yeah, I'll bring in some clips. Yeah. Yeah. Bring in some of my stuff. Sweet. And yeah, you can edit that one probably. Yeah. I'll edit this one. Uh, Yeah, that's a good time. Sweet. Uh, Yeah, so see you later. See you later. Bye. Hear you later. Smell you later. See you next week. No, see the seeing thing. Hear you next week. (laughs) Wait, wait, I can't hear you because you're on the other end. You'll hear us next week. Hear us next. (laughs) Hear from us next week on Background Noise. If you choose to listen, which I hope you do. Bye.